0: I don't put a ton of stock into market forecasts. There's too much variance from one analyst to the next, and who has time to really dig in and and verify anyway? But if nothing else, uh, market forecasts do give us estimators of, of, of opportunity, and they're estimating a big opportunity for developers of autoimmune and allergy therapeutics. Big, big, like $150 billion and $60 billion, respectively, over the next four or five years kind of big. I'm Matt Piller. This is the Business of Biotech. Today, we're discussing a novel autoimmune and allergy therapeutics approach with the leader of a company that's seeking to differentiate itself from the host of therapy developers trying to address the needs of patients suffering from allergies and autoimmune disorders, and in turn, seeking a piece of those big market opportunities. Jonathan Rigby is CEO at Revelo Therapeutics, a clinical stage biotech leveraging proteins, and peptides to address rheumatoid arthritis, uvitis, and isinophilic esophagitis, among others. We'll see if I got that pronunciation right when we talk to Jonathan here in a minute. Jonathan began his career at Merck and Bristol-Myers Squibb before running point on business development at Profile Therapeutics, Aerodyme, and Zogenics. He's served on the boards at Zaris and Call Plant. He's a current board member at Thermalin and I am Therapeutics. He served eight years as president and CEO at Study Med Therapeutics, and last year he signed on to lead Revolo, the company formerly known as Immune Regulation. And today he's sitting here with us, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for joining us. How are you? Hello,
1: Matt. Uh, great to meet you, and uh, a great pleasure being here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. All right. So first of all, this is the first time we've talked. Revolo, Revolo. Am I saying that right?
1: Uh, You got one of them right. It's uh, Rivolo Biotherapeutics. I give you eight out of (laughs) ten.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can.
1: First one to uh, mispronounce the name, don't worry.
0: All right, excellent. So, um, yeah, and how about the uh, how about the pronunciation of that uh, of that indication you're chasing? Was Uh, that
1: close? Four out of ten for those pronunciations. (laughs) 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 It's uveitis and eosinophilic esophagitis rheumatoid arthritis and allergic disease a
0: lot of itises all right i'm gonna let you handle those from from here on out i can do that so jonathan you've made a a pretty storied career out of the business of biotech from uh you know early on big players to several board positions you're in a spot uh you know pretty much to move anywhere you'd like to in in the space why last year did you choose to take on the helm at uh rivolo biotherapeutics therapeutics Um, that is
1: yeah, that's right. Uh, Matt, that's an intriguing question, and uh, sometimes ask myself the same question. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, I was very fortunate. Um, the last company that I uh, started in the in the US called SteadyMed. We took the company public and developed a drug for uh, a rare disease called pulmonary hypertension. And ultimately, the company was acquired by a large company called United Therapeutics in the back end of 2018. And I hung around at United for about a year and, um, and then had the opportunity to uh, think of a new, uh, a new exploration, a new journey, a new company. Uh, so I started to look around and um, I was pretty blessed that quite a few opportunities came, came my way. um, But then I found out about this company, uh, which used to be called Immune Regulation. We went through a rebranding earlier this year to Revolo Biotherapeutics, so I can talk a little bit about why we did that later. But when I did my diligence on the company, um, and it was based uh, exclusively in the UK at the time, I, I was just fascinated by the science. Uh, As you uh, said in your introduction, autoimmune disease and allergic disease are rapidly growing markets. There are drugs that treat these diseases, but they need to be much, much better. And I could see great potential from the data that I saw and the people that I spoke to uh, that Rivolo Biotherapeutics has something with great promise. uh, Two drugs that are very different to drugs that are on the market. They're different to other drugs that are in development. So it just caught my, uh, my eye, caught my attention. And here we are uh, a little over a year later with a company that's transformed significantly.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about that approach. What is, what, what's what's Rivolo working on?
1: Um, so we have uh, two drugs. Uh, one of them is a uh, protein, which is creatively named 1805. <laughs> um, a, a peptide also creatively named 1104. And uh, we are developing uh, the protein 1805 uh, for uh, uveitis, which is a, a rare disease uh, that is actually the leading cause of blindness in the, in the United States. And then also developing it for rheumatoid arthritis, which is a very, very large uh, uh, disease indication Mm-hmm. Well, we've already shown in a in a small phase two study that a single dose of eighteen oh five can put some patients into remission of disease in rheumatoid arthritis. So, we'll be kicking off these uh, these clinical studies in the very near future. Here,
0: mm-hmm. um, so you, you uh, before we move on, you you kind of poke fun at the the creativity behind the names of of the candidates. Um, the the rivolo's R- uh new identity though coming out of your your history as immune regulation uh i mean it, it's it's quite creative uh, a visit to your website uh it's a different vibe a different different look and feel than you anticipate visiting yeah. a, a biotherapeutics uh producer's website w- what's the story there
1: yeah you, you're right and uh you know the company is called immune regulation and uh you know, when I was looking at the company, you put immune regulation into Google and you get, you know, 3 million scholarly articles about immune regulation, about mm-hmm. regulating the immune system. So it didn't really stand out to be to be fair. So we did some internal and some external uh, interviews, market research, and the, the prior name didn't score very high. But in talking to people, they said, you know, what you are doing is revolutionary. Uh, your drugs are revolutionary. They work in a completely different way. This is is incredible. And and what the drugs do, they fundamentally reset the immune system from a pro-inflammatory state to a balanced homeostatic state. So in dwelling on this and thinking about this, you know, there are a lot of biotech companies. And uh, frankly, you know, I I didn't want to just swim with the crowd and look concerned like everybody else. Yeah, you know, we want to, we want to stand out because we have standout people, we have standout science.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the word Revolvo comes from the word revolutionary, uh, which is how our drugs work and and how you know our, our in, internal ethos and how we work. And in the middle of the name, you see the internationally recognised symbol for resetting. You know, you have one on your computer, you have them on probably all of your electric devices. So we we incorporated that reset button into the middle of the name and. And as you say, it, it is creative. Uh, it is a little different, and uh, you know that's the way that we that uh, we want to be.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's a beautiful segue into some, some of the distinction, you know, some of the difference uh, in, in your approach. And I, and I know that uh, from what I've read, uh, avoiding Im- immune suppression, sort of one of the necessary, what's been accepted as a necessary evil of so many therapeutics uh, yeah. is sent central to your approach. Why why is that important? Why is that important at Revololo to uh, avoid immune suppression in your therapeutics?
1: Yeah, I, I think a way to maybe even end- uh, answer that question properly. Is let me just tell you a little bit about what our mission is. We have a pretty simple mission, uh, and our mission is to revolutionise uh, autoimmune and allergic disease treatment by resetting the immune system. And our goal is to get superior uh, long-term disease remission, and do this without uh, suppressing the immune system. Mm-hmm. And you know, missions are great. This is a bold mission. But they're kind of worthless if there isn't a problem that you're trying to fix with the mission. And with great respect to current therapies such as steroids, immunosuppressants, and biologics such as the uh, anti-TNF products, these are commercially successful products, but they can be better. So all of these products that you, you see now for treating these autoimmune diseases, of which there are over 150, they cause this chronic suppression of the immune system the drug is always present and it's always suppressing your immune system so that your immune system doesn't attack your own tissues or organs, which is what happens in in autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. But they come with low uh, remission rates in the 30%, maybe 40% levels of remission. And often people come out of remission. Um, But because you're chronically suppressing the immune system, we're putting these patients at serious risk of infections uh, that unfortunately sometimes can uh, people can die from them uh, or, or even cancers. So there's a lot of efficacy that can be improved on and there's a lot of safety that can be improved on. So at Revolo, uh, we have the two drugs that I mentioned, 1805 and 1104. And our goal with these is to uh, provide superior long-term disease remission, but do this without suppressing the immune system and remove uh, the or remove or significantly reduce the chance of serious infections or cancer.
0: Mm-hmm. So I and, and I, I don't want to get too too deep into the weeds of of, of the science itself. But I do want to uh, sort of try to wrap my mind a bit around what makes it possible, What what in the mechanism of action, for instance, makes it possible to reset the immune system without suppressing it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll 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 explain that, and the, I think the best approach there is to try and describe to you how current drugs work. Uh, then you have a frame of reference for how our drugs work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So right now, um, in autoimmune disease and allergic disease, you have these cells called monocytes, and they they rush around your bloodstream, and they uh, when they encounter allergens or self antigens. Uh, or antigens these uh, monocytes engulf these pathogens. They then mature into cells that are called dendritic cells. And it's these dendritic cells that are key drivers of our immune response. So these dendritic cells deliver activating signals to uh, T cells or naive T cells, which can then differentiate uh, with these diseases into um, inflammatory T effector cells Called TH1 cells, TH17 cells. So these T effector cells uh, multiply and they produce these inflammatory mediators that drive this chronic inflammation and tissue destruction. So the current drugs that we have uh, on the market right now, they start to target these inflammatory mediators after the after the immune system has been overactivated. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of working at the end of this inflammatory cascade and trying to pick off individual inflammatory mediators. And that gives uh, limited utility. Whereas what our drugs do, both 1805 and 1104, I described at the beginning, where uh, the monocytes um, uh, engulf these uh, antigens and autoantigens and send a signal to the uh, dendritic cell. 1805 and 1104 stop that happening. So they interfere with this communication with the, um, uh, the dendritic cell and this causes the production of T regulatory cells. So T regulatory cells live a long, long time in your bloodstream and they prevent this autoimmune or allergic response happening. So current drugs are working downstream. We are working right at the beginning of this inflammatory cascade and preventing it from even starting.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that leads to another question around uh, another, I guess, big advantage, kind of big audacious goal at Revolo, and that's around dosing efficiency and the patient experience. So uh, I understand you guys are trying to create a different experience uh, for patients who are suffering from autoimmune and allergy disease. These are diseases that are, <clears throat> excuse me, associated with uh, not, not just chronic problems, but uh, a need for sort of chronic, uh, chronically frequent treatments. Um, What's the approach there? How are are you going about reducing uh, dosing frequency as as compared to sort of the current approaches or standards of care on the the market?
1: Yeah. uh, um, What's also unique about both of our drug products, um, Matt, they both have very short pharmacokinetic lives. So when they are injected into your bloodstream, uh, one of them in, in a matter of minutes, it's gone. Uh, that's 11.04, with 18.05, after about uh, 24 hours, it's gone. Mm. The the drugs come in, they have these short pharmacokinetic half-lives, they do what I just described in your last question about creating these T-regulatory cells, and then the drugs are gone. But the pharmacodynamic effect, i.e. the results of what the drug has done, lasts for for many weeks or even months. Mm -hmm. In one study from a single dose, we showed uh, remission of disease out to three months from one one injection. Uh, three months was the end of the study. So the reality is we don't know how long they're gonna last. It could be weeks, it could be three months, it could be six months, it could be longer, we don't know. And that'll be one of the things that we're obviously closely looking at in our upcoming uh, additional phase two clinical studies. Mm-hmm. This short pharmacokinetic ha- uh, life, i.e. the drugs go away quickly. That's one of the reasons we believe we're not, uh, we're not suppressing the immune system. Because once the drugs are gone, uh, your immune system is allowed to function as it normally would do when you get an infection. Uh, and so, you know, again, that's a, a key differentiator here for uh, the two drug products.
0: Excellent. Okay. Uh, so I want to shift gears and talk about manufacturing a bit. Um, you, uh, I think, just this spring, you guys announced a, a partnership with Corden Pharma for scallop and manufacturing of your eleven hundred four candidate uh, to support those phase two clinical trials you just mentioned. Um, so, tell us about that. Was was outsourcing a, a no brainer? Did you, or did, was there any consideration that you might uh, manufacture in house, or, or or did you, or do you? What what sort of went into that decision?
1: Uh, your no brainer uh, description is is a good one. Um, okay. we're not in the business of building uh manufacturing facilities and, and all the compliance and the regulatory control that comes with it it has a huge capital um investment that we we don't need to do that if we can just partner with other people that have already done that for for other companies they have the expertise they have the facilities and uh, you know we partner with them to um to to manufacture our drug products
0: yeah. 've uh, I've read extensively as I'm sure you have about the uh, the, the, the shortage of, of outsourced manufacturing space. Um, you know there's also a considerable shortage of outsourced uh, well manufacturing um, talent in, in general. so was was there an issue issue there? Was it a challenge for you to find a, a partner?
1: Um, it was a challenge, um, but we did have options. And As you said, for 11.04, we partnered with a company called Corden. Uh, we announced recently that uh, we have a partnership with another company called uh, Northway Biotech, uh, and they're working on our protein 18.05. Mm-hmm. And there are not many companies around the world that have this real, real expertise to manufacture these drug products that have to comply with all the rules and regulations because ultimately they're going to be uh, injected into human beings and they, you know, there's lots of compliance and lots of FDA rules and regulations. And uh, we chose to partner uh, with experts in the field. And we and quite frankly, you know, the, the pandemic uh, that everybody has been touched by in some way or form didn't help because mm-hmm. normally you would go and visit these facilities. Normally you would go around and examine the facilities. And we couldn't do that. So we have some, you know, we hired some experts internally uh, who have been doing this all, all of their careers. And, uh, you know, we've, we're, we're very, very happy with the partnerships that we've uh, forged. Uh, you know, they're making um, tri- uh, materials that can go into clinical trials and they can scale up for commercial as well.
0: The business of biotech is brought to you in partnership with Cytiva. Together, we're committed to helping the leaders of new and emerging biopharma companies navigate the financial, organizational, human resources, and regulatory waters you'll encounter on your way from discovery to the clinic and beyond. Check out a host of useful resources for biotech leaders at Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator at citivalifesciences.com backslash biotech. That's c y t i v a life backslash emerging biotech. You you mentioned that you hired some some folks internally to sort of head that uh, process up. Um, what, what do they have? Can you give me some flavor on what they had to do differently, uh, given their inability to go visit uh, f- facilities physically and in, in, in person? Um, what kind of went into that effort?
1: Um, yeah, you're right. You know, we have the uh, we had the pandemic, and uh, which was uh, shortly followed thereafter by the Zoom pandemic. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, we've achieved so much uh, in a little over twelve months, and most of the people that we interact with, the, the vast majority, I've never met. Uh, we've never met each other face to face. I hope for the the good of mankind that that changes soon, and, and I believe it is doing. Because of the wonders of biotechnology, you know the, the development of the, of the, uh, the vaccines, uh, but differently was the way you communicate. And uh, you know you you get accustomed to the the e platforms that we all of us use now on a on a daily basis. And uh, it was pretty surprising to me how much we were able to achieve uh, in the absence of face to face interaction
0: yeah you know generally speaking you uh, personally uh, and your team but you you've you've been able to achieve uh, an incredible amount of uh, of stuff over the course of the past 15 months as well you know we discussed the the brand uh, you know something as simple as a as a brand uh change a re rebrand re, re of a company is is not a small undertaking you did that you you hired uh several key Key leaders on on your team, management uh, management folks on your team. You also raised a whole bunch of money over the course of the past fifteen months um, since, since you joined the company, and during a pandemic. Uh, I don't, you know, it's like you you look at everything that you guys have been able to. to do you ever just stop and look back at the last fifteen months and go, "Holy crap how do we how do we get all that done?" I do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm i do. Sure. it usually involves a glass of uh, fermented grape juice uh,
0: <laughs> a well de- well-deserved glass but
1: yes people say to me matt jonathan what what keeps you up at night i say nothing they say nothing i say no i don't go to bed
2: i don't go there's no sign.
1: so you know we uh, uh again we've been blessed to uh, grow the team both in the uk and uh, more so in the u.s and We've not used any recruiters. Everybody that's joined has either known me or worked with me, and then the then other people have known and worked with them. And you know, they they all see the uh, the mission of the company, the goal of the company, the promise of the of the drugs, and they wanted to join us. And um, again, for many 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 months, never even met these people. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I officially started in the beginning of April um, of last year, 2020, and as you know. Uh, the pandemic was in full flow by then, um, but I hadn't peaked. And my number one job was to capitalize the company. Started in the US, I was the first employee in the US. Mm-hmm. We have now in excess of 20 people and, and growing almost monthly. And uh, I thought, how the heck am I going to raise money? You know, I've, I've done it many times in the past, but it's always involved airplanes and hotels and face to face meetings. Right, Uh, and uh, all of that evaporated, as you well know. So, um, you know, I started my outreach to people and uh, engaged with a number of companies, and then uh, got into serious diligence with a very, very high-quality investment firm called MorningSide. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're based in Boston, and in September we closed a fifty-four million dollar Series B financing. And still to date, I've never met these people. Uh, it's all been uh, on on the media that you and I are using today. So, uh, and and you look more broadly, I, we're not alone. Uh, last year was a a bumper year for biotech IPOs, uh, biotech financing, and you know I've done uh, three or four IPOs now. But again, they've all involved many many cities, many many airplanes. And now they're getting done on uh, electronic platforms. So it's been a, a paradigm shift for how you have to adapt uh, when you're faced with a problem, and you find a way of um, of getting the job done.
0: Yeah, you say you use the words ha- have to adapt. Now, now that you have adapted, you've experienced what can happen without trains and planes and, and hotels and J.P. Morgan conferences. Yeah. Um, what, what do you anticipate for the future as the vaccine is curbed as international travel, uh, even domestic travel, opens up again. Do you anticipate that, specific to Rivolo, that that you may be a bit more efficient in your uh, in your business dealings moving forward?
1: I, I think so. I, I think there there will be a blend uh, of what we of how we were, i.e., either never or rarely using video calls, uh, but you know the majority of face to face meetings. I think there's going to be they'll pan out to be a blend of that. I think uh, people have seen that you can be time efficient uh, with these e-portals, whichever one is your your choice. You can be more efficient, uh, but then you know human beings are human beings, and you like to look people in the eye and um, you know uh, bond if you like, if that's a, an appropriate phrase, and, and get to know people especially when you you and they are respectively making uh fundamentally used decisions that can determine uh the success or failure of your company so mm-hmm. i think we'll see we'll see a hybrid once um uh we get this pandemic in the rearview mirror
0: yeah you mentioned that engagement with with morningside last spring and uh you know it's interesting it, say that say that it happened 6 months later some precedent might have been might've been set and perhaps, you know, the investment community would come to you and say, Hey, you know, we, we, we've, we've been doing it this way for the past three months, let us take the lead or or vice versa. Um, in those, in those early days, as you kind of felt your way around the actual execution of those conversations and those meetings that led to that, that financing, um, what did, what did, what did you, what did you learn there? Or what, what uh, advice would you give our audience around, um how how to actually ex- execute that who takes the lead right like how how do you and how how do you it's not a chance meeting in a hallway at JP Morgan right that, this is a it, it's orchestrated and executed um so it, give it, give us some color around that
1: uh it's definitely orchestrated and executed and it's a lot of work you you know people say you, you got to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince mm-hmm. uh, and it's very true and you know uh, every investment firm, from the from the huge ones to the small ones, they all have their own investment thesis. Uh, they all have a kind of a framework of the kinds of drugs, the kinds of companies, the stages of development. Uh, they put a great reliance on the quality of the, mag- the management team uh, when they're making their investment decisions. And, you know, there was this big collision uh, last year because of the pandemic, which took everybody by surprise, I, I would be uh, pretty certain in saying that. Uh, investors and people looking for money. And, and last year was a gigantic year for biotech investment. So there's a lot of competition out there for the money. Well. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of money. And, you know, you, I've been in the, this industry now for 30 years, um, and I love it. And, you know, you get to know a lot of people. You forge a lot of relationships, um, and it's a constant, constant process of investor outreach, investor discussions, and even the ones that say no today, if you form a good relationship with them, then six months, a year, two, three years from now, they may say yes. So is that network, uh, frankly, an ability to – if you have a company that where you can clearly um, articulate that you have – a product, a service, that is different. But not only is it different, there's a big problem that you can show. There's a big problem, and uh, communicate that you have a potential solution for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you you work with people who you know, and you're able to justify what you've said because a lot of diligence goes on. Um, you know, I think the relationships, the person-to-person interaction, albeit through portals like this now. Uh, is critical to getting these things over the line, and a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of work.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't hurt to have the the biz dev chops that you bring to the table, right? I mean, you you know, you spent the early part of your career and a, a good chunk of it uh, in business development, uh, kind of forward facing, market facing roles. Um, a, a lot of leaders of, of of emerging biotechs don't come at it from that perspective, and maybe don't have that kind of built in, you know, you've got a, you've, you've got a degree in, in biological sciences, but you've got your MBA as well. So, you know, it, it appears as though you kind of came out of the gate going, okay, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm, I'm going to know the science, but I'm, I'm going to be a biz dev guy. Yeah. A lot of folks, a lot of folks don't come to it from that, uh, that perspective. And with that background, what advice do you give to those uh, perhaps more introverted or, uh, you know, science driven leaders of, of new and emerging biopharmas?
1: Uh, Your observation is uh, right on the nail, Matt. And, uh, you know, everybody has strengths. Everybody has weaknesses. Um, I think, uh, you know, my focus, as you say, I did biological sciences, but I left university on Friday. I started work on Monday and never went near a laboratory ever again. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: Is is how my career panned out. And, um, you know, other people are, Puritanical scientists, and, and that's wonderful. And you know, if they have the leadership skills to drive a company, I don't think it really matters whether you're a scientist or a commercial guy or a finance guy. Uh, the common denominator has to be you know good leadership skills. Uh, you know, to focus a company, to uh, you know, to motivate people, to inspire them, to challenge the process, to encourage people's hearts, and be able enable other people to act. Uh, uh, you know, some baseline fundamentals that a leader leader needs regardless of their academic or commercial or scientific background.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the advice I would give is pour your heart and soul into it and um, you have to have passion. If you don't have passion about what you're doing, then what's the point? Um, right. You know, if, I've always said to people I've worked with, if you're not passionate about what we're doing, then maybe you should go work somewhere else. Sure, yeah. Uh, because yeah. you, you have to love what you're doing and really, really enjoy working with the people that you uh, that you work with and build the team. Of course, there are always um, uh, rubs against the grain, but you you deal with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, be passionate and uh, drive things forward hard.
0: Yeah. When you uh, speaking of uh, the people, uh, the HR aspect, and, and having the right people in place who are passionate. I wanted to get back to that HR point that I made earlier. When you joined the company, you had a lot on your plate. There, there was much on your agenda, but key key among those things was uh, filling some some key slots. Um, given the point that Revolo then then immune regulation was at, and what it what it needed in terms of people to move to where you wanted to take it next and quickly, uh, was there strategy behind the the appointments that you made?
1: Uh, there was a strategy, Matt. Uh, you know everything we've talked about today uh, is not accidental. It's um, uh, it's strategized, it's premeditated, it's planned. And you know what I wanted to do with the company is several things. Uh, first of all, was to finance the company. That was job number one because uh, you need a lot of money to develop biotech drugs but not only finance the company, do that with a, a quality investor like Morningside who will support you on an ongoing basis. And, uh, and then second, you know, to really pan out the strategy, you do that before you raise the money. And uh, we fundamentally changed the strategy of the company from just uh, working on large diseases like rheumatoid arthritis that one day will need a partner to also having this rare diseases like uveitis and eosinophilic esophagitis, where one day we can build our own commercial infrastructure and, and, and launch and market those drugs ourselves in the United States and partner part them elsewhere. So you've got to get your strategy right. You've got to, because that's what the investors invest in, and you're building your team in parallel. And everybody that's joined the team, and we completely changed the board of directors as well, everybody are industry veterans they've all came from public companies um, they've all been through ipos they've all got uh, MA experience and they've all got extensive experience of developing drugs from early stage to commercial launch mm-hmm. so that was deliberate as well i believe you know you need to build your company to be able to do what it's going to be able, what it wants to do in the future not just today you know the, the company's evolving rapidly and will continue to do so so you build a team that can deal with today and tomorrow uh, and then also uh, the rebranding was deliberate because uh, a lot of MA activity in our industry takes a long time it's forging relationships with uh, big biotech companies uh, medium-sized biotech companies so we you know we i wanted to raise the awareness of the of our company and we've successfully doing that the, the new brand the new website which in itself is iterative. You'll see a new version of that coming out uh, in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you know we're, we're popping up on on people's radars. A lot more investors know about us. There are a lot more uh, large biotech companies know about us, and we're in discussions a lot with a lot of them about things. Unfortunately, I can't share with you, but are all positive. So it's all deliberate, uh, and you've got to get the right team to deliver on this. The manufacturing guys have done an incredible job of putting together a commercial manufacturing infrastructure in, in short period of time. So I, I'm delighted with our progress. And uh, we've you know, had good interactions with the FDA and the MHRA uh, in the UK. And um, you know, we're on the precipice here of kicking off four uh, phase two clinical trials. So that's a, that's a heavy
0: lift. And, uh, it is. Yeah, your, your, your aggressive agenda continues. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. What? Uh, so, give just to sort of tidy th- wrap things up here as we run short on time. Give us, uh, give us uh, sort of some next steps around those clinical trials, perhaps that you're uh, that you're you're putting together right now. <clears throat> What's, what are the next big steps in terms of the product development at Revolo?
1: Yeah. So um, we uh, in this mix of things we've done, we actually did a clinical trial at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a multiple ascending dose safety study for uh, our drug 1104. So we successfully completed that, and you know clinical trials have had big setbacks because of the pandemic, and people yeah. not being able to go to clinical trial sites. But we, we managed to get it done, and uh, the data that came out was uh, very very positive. So right now we're in the process of literally manufacturing drug, doing toxicology studies. So that um, in September, we can start a phase two trial with 1104 uh, in in people with allergic disease. And uh, that is all on track. We have to wait till September when the grass pollen season has ended. Mm -hmm. So that starts in September for eosinophilic esophagitis. We uh, recently got the green light from FDA um, with our uh, IND application to do that study So we'll be recruiting patients very soon, and that will start in the September-October time period. And then likewise, for 1805, we are managing drug products and doing additional toxicology studies so that we can start a uh, phase two clinical trial in this disease called uveitis. I mentioned earlier the leading cause of blindness. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be starting a pretty big phase two trial with rheumatoid arthritis and So they'll happen towards the back end of of this year. And, you know, uh, our industry, these things take a long time. Uh, So, you know, when I say we're starting in a few months, that's very soon.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, Well, I wish you luck on those projects. And I I don't anticipate that you're going to be getting getting much of that sleep that you're that you're after. Uh, (laughs) Pretty, pretty heavy docket.
1: Yeah, it it is. But um, we enjoy it and we love it. Uh, we're passionate about it. We call ourselves revolutionizers so um, we gotta we gotta come to pass
0: That's right live up to that name. Well as I said, Jonathan, I, I wish you luck. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your extremely busy schedule to, to visit with us and, and give us an update on what's going on at Re revolver. Uh,
1: my, my absolute pleasure Matt thank you for the invitation and uh, happy to talk with you or any of your listeners anytime.
0: Yeah, well, we'll be looking for an update down the road, for sure. Happy to provide. So that's Rivolo Biotherapeutics CEO, Jonathan Rigby. I'm Matt Piller, and this is the Business of Biotech. We're produced by Bioprocess Online in partnership with Cytiva. Learn more about Cytiva's commitment to the innovation happening in new and emerging biopharma at com backslash biotech. Please visit bioprocessonline.com or you can catch up on all the episodes of this here podcast and sign up for my newsletter while you're at it. In the meantime, you can make sure you don't miss conversations like this. If you subscribe to the pod, give us five stars if you like what you heard. And thanks for listening.